Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is Uno of your hostos, Brett White. And this is Dose, Matt Little. Dose. <laughs> um, I say I, Dose twice because yeah, I'm Dose, two. Dose. Uh, yeah, so welcome to a mini episode. Last week we had our big crossover event that we want to do. A um, This is like the X Factor 87, X Force number 19. <laughs> Yeah, a- uh, episode. I guess it's the I'm quiet. Gonna, I'm gonna see how far, how close to your face I can throw a punch, and yeah. then show you that I've been holding a bird in it. And for there was like a mouse. Hours. It was oh, a little it was tiny a mouse. mouse. It was a little, little tiny mouse. mouse. God, it's such a good issue. If you haven't read X Force number 19, go read that. Go back to the episode with Jeff Rubin. Oh yeah, last year. That's oh wow, almost a year ago. It was a year. Yeah, ago. it was in March. Yeah. So yeah, um, we were releasing. Oh, we were releasing every two weeks. We'd only do uh, a book club pick a month, and then no, we, a talk we would do. We, we still had the, we we still had the same format. It was just our mini episodes were just one of us sitting and saying, "Hey, we're reading this." Oh, right. And then right. we're like, "Let's make the mini episodes more full, except for this one, which will be shorter." Yeah. Confusing backstories. That's correct. This is actually Sunday afternoon. This is the this is the closest I think we've ever cut it to Probably. posting. Well, except for the Love, Love and Rockets episode, which was also done the day it went up. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, we've been um, living dangerously lately. <laughs> really dangerously. Well, we're busy though. Yeah, we are. Uh, uh, things have been things have been going pretty well, I think. Yeah, but we've also already taped next week's episode, which we can tell you about right now, real quick. Yes, we've already taped that one. Next week, we will be joined by uh, comedian slash musician slash podcast host slash fully realized man Jeff Garlock. <laughs> Uh, as well as comedy writer, UGO video producer, actress, archaeologist, uh, archaeologist, as well as fashion fashionista. Ma- yeah, fashionista. Are you gonna say fashion maven? Uh, fashion. Yeah, maven. Because I think I almost said magnate. Okay. But she doesn't own like a clothing company. Um, uh, Siobhan Thompson, and we are going to be reading Savage Dragon. Volume 1, Baptism of Fire, which can be located in single issue in Savage Dragon issues 1 through 3 and 0, which was published several years after the fact. Uh, This is our first ever um, user pick coming from Jeffrey Jeffrey Brown. Brown. Jeffrey Brown, <laughs> did you that, like that? Yeah, we said that very confusingly. In like, tandem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we decided to do a listener pick, and Matt had fond memories of this comic book, so we plucked it out of obscurity. Yeah, you don't have... So let's let's talk about this, because... So last week, first off, um, heartbroken that I missed the crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted to be there, but uh, I couldn't. Um, so you have a lot of memories about the the sort of Marvel books at that time, and of course yeah. the X Men books. But this was sort of happening concurrently and immediately after. This was sort of the after product of that era at Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I came in with like Fatal Attractions, like around like right, just for Fatal Attractions. So it was as all the guys that replaced the Image guys were yep. getting their footing. When yeah, little known people like Andy Kubert. <laughs> Oh man! And Brandon Peterson were yeah. were doing things. Brandon Peterson, he used to seem to love to draw everyone with like Crazy incredible curly, perms, yeah, curly, like curly, tight, hair. tight curls. Yeah, I made the mistake of making fun of him on an AOL message board in the late '90s, and then he Google not Google search. He just found my own art that I put on the internet and then ripped me apart. <laughs> no, are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait! Tell yeah. me about this. I don't. I mean, I was a. Uh, it was on like the Marvel AOL message boards in like Prime ninety eight, and I think he had just probably done. I think I had read the solicit that he was going to be drawing X Men number eighty. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, um, which was when Colossus, Kitty Pride, and Nightcrawler rejoined the team after Excalibur got canceled. Right. And I was like, Brandon Peterson is drawing this book. I'll enjoy his book when Hell Freeze is over or something like that. Because I, for some reason, as a young kid, I did not like Brandon Peterson's artwork. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was the first time I ever, I don't know, like complained about a thing on the internet because it was still new at the time. And then what? Um, and he then what he was he a regular on the AOL message boards, and he, everyone on the Marvel message boards that we had, like all the X Men fans had, I think we had a Splinter website where we would like post our fan fiction and fan art. Um, and he went there, saw that I had drawn a picture, and then like basically gave me the exact same time of day that I had given him, which oh, was like. Wow. Uh, I don't think he was wrong to do that. So it wasn't like even he... a critique. It was just literally him doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, I'll enjoy this. I'll enjoy this. Yeah. You got proportion issues. I mean, and also, he did wow. not know that I was in eighth grade or seventh grade even, maybe. So kind of like, okay, adult man, you're picking on. But also, I was being a little shit. And That's you true. don't know how old people are on the internet. That's true. Now, so. yeah, now you have to be careful. You might get catfished. Yeah, exactly. So, so I've always been like, oh, okay. So I learned my lesson, and I've, I don't begrudge him anything. And on that note, his art has gotten great. Oh, yeah. He's changed a lot. He had a he's very distinct – he's one of those people – there are a lot of artists that have a distinct style that they stick with for a very long time, and yeah. then they sort of – then they evolve past it. I mean every artist evolves, and every artist he's tries to – digital. He does a lot. It seems like a oh, lot really? of digital. Well, his art seems more digitally digital leaning now than it did. It's very interesting. He did. Um, he did half of Bendis's last arc on Avengers. I think Avengers. Yeah. Right. Um, the the wasp stuck in the under dimension bits mm-hmm. microverse. It was really good. Um, but yeah. So you were already reading the X-Men books when Mutant Genesis happened. I was, so and I will say that that time flipping out. Oh. It was it was incredible. So I was just regularly picking up all of the books starting around Extinction? Yeah. Actually yeah. it was right before Extinction Agenda. I have I, I recall going and picking up the Acts of Vengeance crossover where Psylocke becomes Oh, okay. Uh uh Asian Psylocke. Yeah, yeah. Which was also interestingly the tail end of the Siege Perilous storyline. Yeah. I believe Psylocke was the last to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, Wolverine had already – Wolverine had woken up in Madripoor and knew, like, Dazzler what was going on. Dazzler already met her stalker for an issue and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, so uh, – They went so, through that whole thing with Zaladane and the Reavers. Like, yeah. Yeah, was and, a bunch then of stuff. and then the Zaladane stuff slowly built up to issue 275. Yeah. Uh, and in Savage Land, the Rogue yeah. and Magneto. And I was in love oh, with man. Jim Lee art at the time. And so I was reading, the, I was reading Uncanny. And then – I picked up a random issue of X Factor, and this was this was right after the Extinction Agenda crossover, right? Oh, so it wasn't random. I picked it up because I was trying to follow the entire yeah. crossover once I knew it, it exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally hook, line, and sinker. But John Bogdanov yeah. was drawing the X Factor portions of the crossover at the time, and uh, and I believe it was a very young – maybe it was uh, – was it Chap Yape that drew Probably. New Mutants? Yeah, because yeah. Liefeld did the first part, and then I don't think he did the last two. I have a trade of Extinction Agenda, don't I? 
Because we need, we have to, yeah. Yeah. I have an old, this is. Reach ha- to the uh, the reference library that Brett keeps. You should take a picture of that yeah. and post that <laughs> with this episode. Don't the credits be at the front? Oh, I was just going to flip to the issue oh, okay. itself, but. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. X-Factor, ah. so X-Men, the I New Mutants. I remember I got. Oh, no, he did two of the three. Okay. Yeah. So I picked up the, the <laughs> third one, which was, uh, uh, oh, it was Nguyen, I. Uh, God, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, G-U-A-N-G, G-U-A-N-G. Uh, Y-A-P. Oh, Gwang Gap. Is it Wang? I don't know. Is it Wang? I don't know why I just said Wang that like Yap. I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, it's Gwang Gap, yeah. Wang Yap? Yeah, we're good. Uh, I apologize <laughs> so much because I butchered that, uh, but... I love... Oh. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm splitting airs. Uh, I picked up X Factor after that, and right after that was when Will Sportacio... Yeah. Jumped on X Factor. And I followed that through the Apocalypse storyline. Which was in amazing. In that book, which launched all of the arguments about whether or not Cable was definitely Cyclops yeah. and Jean Grey's son. I, I will say, I mean, I read Extinction Agenda. I think I got this very trade that I'm holding in my hand in like 95 when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And seeing this beefy, shirtless, hairy chested Cyclops, that oh, was. Oh, yeah. I didn't know I was gay then, but. But I, I remember you that you didn't know, but know. your loins did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm just like looking through this. I'm like, yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. I was I was <laughs> right at that perfect time in terms of like enthusiasm for the the genre and uh, just like being being a sponge yeah. for anything that I was interested in. Yep. Right and. When they did the whole mutant revolution, when they did the whole revolution and they launched the new books and everything like that, like it was also like this really great time because uh, I was just, it was over the summer when Mira Isle Saga was happening. And then September came around and just at the tail end of August into September, new school year, you know, everything feels fresh and new at that time. And all of these books launched and it was... Uh, to me, I felt, I felt like geek euphoria. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Like they, I feel like they were riding that mutant Genesis high for at least two years because I was not aware of the X-Men in 91. I didn't know who the X-Men were until the cartoon prepared in October 92, but I still like somehow I got my hand, like some of the first comics I read as a kid who did not go to comic book stores or have really access to back issues, I read X-Force number one, X-Men number one, Uncanny 281. Like, those were just the comics that I guess were in those blister packs yeah. that you would get at, like, Toys R Us or Walmart or wherever. Uh, so, like, those were still among the first comics I read. And he, I didn't, I had no idea about the image exodus. So, from my point of view, it's like, oh, this, oh Jim Lee's the coolest artist ever. Yeah. I, I could, in my head, I could not work out, like, oh, yeah, Andy Kubert's drawing the book now. Like, I didn't realize, okay, Jim Lee was gone by issue 11. Oh, okay, so you just kind of, well, you were just following it for the story. Yeah, I was just, like, reading whatever I could get my hands on, and it would just happen to be, they happened to be all the same Mutant Genesis books. And also, they, I feel like whereas now, we get a new status quo every year, they lived in that Mutant Genesis status quo for five years. They did. From, like, 91 to 95. It was weird, because they decided to go with the artists, right? And, you know, give the artists more control in terms of plot and and sort of more of that Marvel method where Claremont had less control over the plots than he had had in the past. And they did that 
for, you know, almost a year, and then all those guys were gone. Yeah. Right? They, they had made this big deal out of setting up the status quo, and then, uh, and then like, the engineers of it were gone. Which, to me as a fan, I remember then going into the next school year when, uh, when Executioner's Song came out, oh, which is yeah. a really fun crossover, but looking it back in hindsight. But at, at the time, time at I was the... furious. Yeah. All I kept thinking was none of this is Jim Lee. Yeah. None of this is Will Sportacio. And I was obsessed with Rob Liefeld at yeah. the time. None of this is Rob Liefeld. It is crazy to look at it like that because um, I guess it's a testament to the power that the X-Men brand has always had of attracting A-list artists because you look back now and it's like, yeah, it's a crossover drawn by Andy Kubert, Brandon Peterson, Jay Lee, and Greg Capullo. It's like, oh, that yeah. sounds amazing. But like at the time, it's like, who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's crazy. You know... Speaking of Capullo, uh, I saw recently, and is this correct? I guess Jonathan Glapian isn't going to be inking him on Batman anymore. Oh, I didn't notice that. Uh, I think I read that on the internet. If that's the case, I'm really sad about that. I wonder why. Um, oh, who, who knows? I mean, you know, uh, I thought that, I don't know. I haven't been super impressed with an inker. Oh, that sounds so, like, douchey. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I, oh, I feel like there hasn't been an inker that I've, like, noticed their stylistic embellishment. Yeah. Uh, the way that I've noticed how he adds to Greg Capullo's pencils. Yeah. Uh, in a long time. You yeah. know, I, like, Scott Williams, you can definitely tell... Does he ink anyone other than Jim Lee? I don't think so, not anymore. Did he ink Jim Lee in the 90s? Like, yes. Like, X-Men number one, is Scott Williams on it, too? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they've been a team, I think, since the late 80s. Yeah. When they were random... I think they were randomly paired. <laughs> Makes sense. Book. Yeah. Uh, the, like Alan Davis and Paul Neary or oh, Mark yeah, yeah, Farmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, the crazy thing about talking about these books with Comic Book Club was how well they all, like, none of them were lambasted. Like, they were all like, X-Force number one, I think all of us were like, yeah, this reads well. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, not, it's, it's so interesting. Crazy. It's not bad. <laughs> it is interesting knowing everything that comes after it, too. To go back... And I hadn't picked up X Force number one. You know, I read I read all of these for the uh, for the crossover. But and then you had to go surfing through the time stream, as I said, on top of the episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, it, it was. It had to be done. Yeah. Anyways, um, going back and reading them, I was surprised at how well X Force number one holds up as a first issue. Yeah. Now, immediately in issue two, the plot just <sighs> like everything, the pacing just falls apart. Yeah. Like almost immediately within the run. The pacing goes pear-shaped. But in that first issue, it sets it up. It sets the whole thing up very much the way that you would want this sort of thing to be set up. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at my database, issue number one, I gave an 8.7. Number two is a 7.9. So, you know, drop in quality. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You know, I remember... I just had to look that up for some reason. I love... Oh, you have the database. He has the database open, right open yeah. right now. And uh, and it's a very real thing. And I'm going to look at. Oh my goodness, you were on cell four thousand two hundred and forty. Well, they're in alphabetical order. Up. They're in alphabetical order. So yeah, four thousand. So there are four thousand two hundred thirty eight comics before X Force number negative one. So amazing. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> why is X Files grayed out? Because I'm selling that. Oh. The ones that are grayed out are ones that I'm selling back to my comic shop to get money to buy more comics. Ah, and I don't need an X-Files wizard half. 
Are you ni- sure? From 1995. Are you sure? That I just took from the offices because they because the wizard offices just halves and those special things were laying on the ground. Yeah, just everywhere. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you know, all in all, it was a really cool visit back to those yeah. books. X Men number one, I still maintain is one of the most flawless X-Men comics. I mean, when you're, when you're distilling everything that I want out of an X-Men comic, I think it's going to, like, it comes down to like uncanny 137, death of the fate of the Phoenix mm-hmm. and X-Men number one. Like, yeah. X-Men number one is just a great comic. It is it for a kid, like giving them then that 64 page, all those awesome posters in the back, just waiting to be ripped oh, off. Those posters. Um, so I, I owned every, I owned all five covers. Oh. I owned the, I owned the quadriptic. Yeah. And then I also owned the deluxe issue when it came out too, which I think at the time was like four or five dollars. Yeah. Uh, three, three ninety five, I think is what it was. Yeah. For some reason I'm picturing the cover and in my head, I know the detail. I know it that well. That yeah. can't be accurate. Well, the cover was on the bed. The, the price was on the back. Cover, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I have the, the in, the inverted cover, the one with all the characters, yeah. I have that framed in my office because yes. Target had a frame that was the perfect size. It was Kismet. Yeah, it had meant to be. And Those were uh, fun times. And then X Factor seventy one stands out above all of them as just being crazy, like crazy great. But just like, how did this get made? I, I remember laughing out loud at how funny I thought Peter David's run was at that time. Yeah, and there were precious few comic books that made me laugh, uh, but Peter David, Peter David did like when. Like he just lets Guido, who to, at, to that point was kind of a cipher, didn't have no, much. No, well, none of them had personalities. I mean, yeah, Multiple Man at that point had been in. He was on Muir Island. Like he was part of the Proteus Saga. Like he uh, first in Fantastic Four. He was part of the Proteus Saga. Um, and I remember the very first issue of Dark Phoenix Saga is the X Men being like, "Hey, do you want to join the X Men?" He's like, "No, nah, I'm going to hang out here." And then they go and do the Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, and then he didn't appear much until like the Fallen Angels miniseries where he is a cipher. He doesn't really do anything in that. Uh, and then he's a part of uh, the Muir Island saga where again, like no one knew what to do with him. Like Peter David kind of just grafted the like slacker, practical joker, fun loving guy personality onto him. Yeah. And which made for great character drama down the line whenever, you know, multiple men started exhibiting multiple personalities. Yeah. And whenever he got the legacy virus and then died and like now everything he's been doing with multiple man since 2005 yeah. with his current series. I mean, Peter David's so good at just taking whatever is handed to him and yeah. making it work. I mean, I remember one of my favorite issues of X of the newest X factor is when, um, I think it was right after, I guess, second coming or Messiah complex. I get those flipped. I can't remember which one is which. The one where the original Black Ops X-Force team was formed, and it was like, if you are a mutant with claws, you got to be on this team. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they drafted yeah. Wolfsbane into it. And I remember like that that issue where Peter David had to write Wolfsbane out, a character he obviously had plans for. Mm-hmm. I remember that being one of my favorite issues because he's so good at taking these stupid mandates. and What was great work. about it, too, was part of the idea was that this was supposed to be a Black Ops team. And it's been taken away from him sort of against his will. And he plays Wolfsbane in the story, like sort of the same way. Where are you going? I can't tell you. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I can't say. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and it doesn't feel like a commentary. Yeah. It doesn't feel like uh it's which really... is interesting because we get into that uh during Savage Dragon, 
next yeah. week because there is a lot of commentary yeah. in that story uh, about the state of the industry at the time. And the, yeah, and Eric Larson lat like just taking everyone to task. Yes, um, and, and that's why Peter David quit the X books in the '90s is because he had all these big plans for X Factor, and he's like, "No, you got to derail those for Executioner's song." And then after they get done with Executioner's song, he was starting to build things back up again. And I guess was told you got to derail things for Fatal Attractions. That's when he quit. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. It's on one hand, it's crazy to think that that happened to him and he quit. And he's come back and had this great run and kind of been left alone. So they like learned from that. It's also crazy because his Executioner's uh, song issues are great. Yeah. That, like he didn't. He did not editorialize at the time. Like he didn't. I don't. I don't remember him ever having a character comment on like the bullshit nature. Well, there's that pretty infamous issue of X Factor where Cable, Wolverine, and, and Bishop, Bishop yeah, are like, the three characters. And so, at no time yeah. in an issue of X Factor do the actual members of X Factor show up. Yeah, which is. Storytelling-wise and managing a franchise, I think editorially that is a poor decision. Yes. Right? Because every comic is someone's first. Yeah. And obviously is Wolverine is, this is super a cool popular. Book. Yeah. It's got Wolverine, Bishop, yeah, yeah. and Cable. <laughs> it's got this big guy with guns. It's got this other guy other with guns. Like, shoots, got guns and he shoots things with his hand. And then yeah. this guy's got claws. This then is you the pick best. up the next issue. Oh, and it's, these weird ass. Yeah. But I do remember like – and even though those issues didn't start X Factor, Peter David, uh, he might not think so, but I still think it's one of some of his best work. I mean, maybe the guy, like the guy, probably was incapable of doing bad work at that period. Yeah, because I remember that that issue, like he nailed all those characters. There are hilarious moments in those issues. There was that really funny subplot that he had running across several issues where that old guy was Nick slowly Chalker. building. Yeah, he Nick was... Chalker, like it was just, like all his brothers, and they all kept building a robot suit and then yeah. it like rusted or something yeah he went out to destroy them and it got it rusted in the rain and then he left like an exposed wire in it or yeah. something and he electrocuted, he electrocuted. yeah and one of them got like run over by a car i think mm -hmm. and that was uh <sighs> so yeah that good. was a great issue cannonball guest starred in that which was uh exciting that they were uh finally readdressing the fact that uh yeah. rain was on x-factor well if we someday we're going to read X Factor 84, which is part two of Executioner's Song, which is one of the best comics of the 90s. Um, the you know, it's it's X Factor having to go arrest X Force. Mm -hmm. It's like Professor X has been murdered or attempted assassination. I mean, I love all that issue, like Rain running into the hospital, screaming in the doctor's face, yeah, like because she's gone crazy because like Professor X, her father figure's been shot, and I love like. Guido doesn't show up till later, and he shows up with Joe Beth, one of the members of the like ex expatriates. Yes, and he's like, I turned off my head headset because she wanted me to, or whatever, because they're having sex. Yeah, and then Havoc like really dryly calls him cupcake at one point. Yeah, and then at the end, I love this issue when the X Men show up. Uh, and and Wolverine gives like this big speech. We're gonna find X Force, and they're gonna lead us to Cable, and then we're gonna get Cable. And then Guido says, "Oh, maybe the Disney Channel for Rain." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I just love that. I love that issue because it's so oh, it's just so good. What's hilarious is that as we've been talking, your screensaver came on, and, and it is a pinup of that uh, that era's X Force. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with me? But anyway, that was a good issue and a good discussion with those guys. So people should yeah. go check that out. Yeah. Um, we should do more of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I would love to do an executioner song episode. Yeah, I, I want to do. I want to do like one. a longer, a longer story. We we would have to do it with people that are more savvy about yeah. comics than yeah. Because executioner song is twelve parts, and it probably only needed to be six. Yeah, that's fair. But it's still like great. I still love it. There's a whole thread. The the thread with Mr. Sinister that slowly like loops through all of it felt like it could have yeah. been eliminated. Like he could have showed up and then you don't really see him. You, yeah. you didn't need to see him again. I think he pops up again in the middle and it's unnecessary. And then like. It has a great ending. It sticks the landing, which is very rare for an X-Men crossover. The only the only thing that I ups- that upset me about the, not upset me, but disappointed me was that it didn't answer give us a concrete questions. answer at yeah. the end. Like, it was, suppo- it was supposed to. Yeah. Like, that was the point of the crossover. And then that had to have been, like, a last-minute marketing decision. Yeah, Right? Yeah. Like, it had to have been. <sighs> I need that oral history. Yeah. I need it ASAP. <laughs> I always wanted more from the Dark Riders, though. Is that what they were called? Yeah. The, with, like, Foxbat mm-hmm. and Tusk. Mm-hmm. They all came out of that X Factor. Yeah. That X Factor thing gave so much fodder for the '90s. Yeah, um, my Tusk action figure wouldn't have happened without that. Run. Right, I had a Tusk <laughs> action figure with a little, little guy Tuskette that... in the back. Yep. Oh god, we have to do an action figure episode at some point too. An so, action figure episode. Maybe that'll be one of the one of the video episodes that we will hypothetically do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think that's a, you know that's that's your thoughts on Mutant Genesis. Yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me get a chance to have my say so yeah i love that you guys called the 900 number yeah i called so there was more than one of those i don't know if you know this there was one for there was one for the x-men which i believe was the second one the first one was a spider-man one of course yeah uh the third one i think was the ghost rider midnight sun's 900 number for the 90s that makes sense at that point i was no longer calling them but the first two (laughs) i called and i called several times and i won uh i won packs of marvel universe cards which I don't know if you remember the original Impel series yeah. came in those like almost vinyl packs that don't tear cleanly. Oh wow! Like, oh yeah, yeah. See, I didn't. My first Marvel series was the third one. That's when I got on. Those oh yeah. Marvel Universe series three trading cards are what got me reading comics because I remember I the X Men cartoon was like on television and I went to I guess the Thanksgiving football game that my mm-hmm. family plays and my older cousin Matthew had those trading cards. I remember just like going through those cards and be like, this is a universe yeah. of characters. You know, we, my, and I remember my friend Jason and I made the accidental discovery that the space background across yeah, every nine it cards forms a giant painting. Yeah. Cause one of them has Joe Jesco's signature on it. Does it really? Yeah. One of the cards has like Jesco written on. It. I remember noticing that and being like, wait a second. Yeah. Blew our minds at the time. The, uh, the chase card, which he found randomly in a pack was a hologram card of Venom and Spider-Man. And I remember us being super excited about it and me coming over and us finally getting the light right that we could see it. And then laughing, then laughing hysterically because Venom's fingers looked like turds kind (laughs) of. And of course we were kids. So we thought that that was hilarious. Oh, where does youth go? (laughs) It just gets wasted. Kids oh, so I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> what do kids have these days? See, this is the quiet chill out episode post crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've been well, we've been going pretty hectic. 
And I, I'm really happy with how the show's been growing. Uh, again, too, can't thank you guys enough for staying in touch with us. It's been yes. really fun. It's been really fun to like talk to you guys on Facebook and talk to you on the website. You've been giving us some really great story suggestions, too. And we may not get to them immediately because we have a list, but your stuff is on our list. Yeah. And if we do read your stuff, we will be shouting you out on the show. And uh, and we just wanted I just wanted to say that we really yeah. appreciate it. Yes. So we're not screaming into a void. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome and it's really fun. <coughs> it's really fun to to interact with you guys and see that that it's not just us. Yeah. Sitting in Brett's uh, living room talking about these things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being the co-host of the show. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like Johnny Carson. Like, well, thank you for coming by. Uh, yes. <laughs> and um, thank you for giving me employ. <laughs> so if you're interested in purchasing uh, the books we're reading next week, Savage Dragon, Baptism of Fire, you can buy those on Comixology, which would be super good for you. Or you can buy them on Amazon.com through our site, which will give us some dinero. Dinero. Um, and while you're on the website, make sure that you check out our back issues. For example, you can catch last week's crossover issue with yeah. uh, Comic Book Club. I'm calling it an issue. Yeah. Uh, you can also head a little farther back to one of my favorite books from the 90s, uh, Quantum and Woody, mm. which we read with uh, Drew Johnston and Nicole Dressel. Yes. Uh, you could also check out... Uh, one of my other favorite books from the 90s, uh, Peter David's Incredible Hulk Run, oh, yeah. which we covered with uh, one of our good friends, uh, Hallie Kiefer. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. He's <laughs> trying to be like yes. salacious crumb if he spoke English. I like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, as we mentioned before, we love hearing from you guys. So please tell us what you think about this or any past episode on our website. Matt and Brett love comics.com. You can find links to all of our social media presence there under the Who Loves Comics tab. Uh, or, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say, I have no idea where else you could go. Go there. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Tell him to go there. That's what the notes say. Shut up, Matt. Tell him to go there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so get in touch with us. Uh, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Please give us five stars if you feel it merits it. I'm not trying. No, give us five stars. We merit care. it. We merit it. <laughs> Uh, most importantly, you know, you guys are uh, the best spokesman for us. So if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. If it's someone that uh, might be interested in the show, tell them. Tell them to check it out. We uh, we think that we're personable and friendly, and we don't bite. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's impossible for us to bite you through a podcast. That's so true. that fear should be erased from your brain. <laughs> As always, thanks to our producer, Mr. Ben Rahib. Yes. Keeping the lights on for us. And as always, I'm Brett. And I'm Matt. And we did that backwards. But we still love comics. That's a true thing. Okay, sure. Why can't I just stop talking? True change!